therefore I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Thank you all for joining us on this episode of Raking Coals. Today, Josh and I are going to be talking about the importance of legacies in in churches and legacies for the faith that people make and the impact that they have on lives of individuals as well as the entire church as a whole. So Josh, before we get started, though, I want to ask you, how have you been? I've been well. I've been well. How about you? I've been doing well. I've been doing a lot of stuff. So uh, for those of you who are getting this episode, you probably realized, or maybe you didn't realize, that we did not have an episode last week because I was out of town over the weekend last weekend. I went to a funeral for my, my wife's grandfather, and it was it was a busy weekend. We were traveling. We traveled to central Illinois, and then we came came back here and Whenever you travel unexpectedly like that, you got to catch up on life. And so spent the last week catching up on life and had a birthday thrown in there. And Happy it's birthday. Been, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was just very busy, very crazy, but I'm so glad that we're able to get together. Yeah, but out of that trip, I mean, we were talking a little bit about this earlier in the week, but this kind of brought out the idea of what is what is a person's legacy look like and... What what does that legacy in the church look like? Because, I mean, do you want to share kind of about yeah, your wife's yeah. grandfather? And- yeah, so just got a lot of influence of wanting to have this discussion. And so those of you who followed this podcast for a little bit, or if you're just getting into it for the first time, Josh and I are not older gentlemen. We're, we're younger guys. Uh, I'm 28, Josh is 26, almost 27. And so we're not talking about legacies of church members from the standpoint of thinking that we have done this. We're talking about this from the standpoint of how we've seen it done. People we have witnessed uh, from the time we were young boys who've had a great impact on the church, that have left great legacies in what it has looked like. And so as Hosanna and I traveled, I was very, very um, thankful that we were able to make it to her grandfather's funeral. He was a man who I had known for about six years. We hadn't really spent all that much time talking or or meeting or discussing, but I knew him and I knew he was a great man. And everyone in Hosanna's family said the greatest things about him. And then just hearing the stories about how good of a listener he was, how he really embraced loving his family, how he really embraced the fact that he would remember just about everything anybody told him just showed that this was a man who, whoever he was around, was made a better person because he was in their life. And that's a great legacy. And so it began to make me think about how, as Christians, we can begin to do things in our lives to leave a good impact and to talk about some examples of people who have left strong impacts, legacies, and, and examples for which we should follow especially in the the um, the space of being church members. How do we view our membership 
uh, in a church? Are we just coming to try and take and get something out of it? Or are we coming and trying to give something to a ministry that we think is important? So that's kind of where the idea came from, and I kind of threw it out to Josh somewhat last minute, and and uh, so we're going to talk about it. And Josh, is there any specific examples that you can think of, of of people or stories that you've known in just really strong legacies, maybe a long-term church member who has just really poured into a church that you know of or, or anything like that? Well, I, I mean— one example that comes very clearly to my mind, and, and the gentleman's still alive, but um, he's in he he's in his eighties now. Um, I I know him as Ahdawood. If my mom's listening, she knows that. She knows who he is. She sees him every week. Um, but this is a man who, I mean, he immigrated to the United States from Palestine, and I mean. He was there for a while, and I mean, I—he's been a part of my life my entire my entire life, even like from when I was born. And he's—he's he's a guy who he loves the church, especially like the Middle Eastern church that's local. And he has poured his heart and his soul into just. Ensuring that the the Arab the Middle Eastern community of Christians in the in the Cleveland area, primarily the Protestants, because when you look at Middle Eastern Church, it's Protestant and it's Coptic, Coptic Orthodox, and like as long as I've known him, he's he's preached, he's led worship, he's uh, he he just has this servant's heart that is so genuine, like you just you you want to emulate it. And it's really funny, too, because growing up, I was terrified of him. Like, he was the guy who would yell at us when we would run through the halls. He was the guy who was just like, you need to behave yourself. You need to be quiet. Like, and, But, like, looking back at it, like, those were lessons in what what does right conduct look like? And not not, like, running around in the church is bad or anything like that, but... Like for him, the church was so important that you had to come to it with respect because you were coming to learn and to worship God and that demands respect. And um, that's just something that like I've always like I took away from just knowing him. And I see him today still, I, I mean, probably once a week and just someone who used to be a giant when I was a child is now like, like you see him as he gets older and still very much very, one of the most kind and respectful men I've ever met. And he's an, he's an example that I want to follow just on how a Christian man and a leader in a church acts like, cause he's not, he's not one who, he doesn't have an ego that, and he doesn't try to power people into doing what he wants but he comes he comes towards just the church in a way that's very humble and it's just it's it's refreshing because you don't see that a lot of times yeah that's true and i think what's really great about that example and as we continue to have this discussion i think is important is christianity is a faith in which 
we should get really excited about the difference in age, the age ranges, the fact that young people and older people can come together and worship the same God and have fellowship together. And I think as a really young child and as a teenager, you don't appreciate the older folks in your church as much as when maybe you get to your early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, start having a family, and then you begin to reap the wisdom of these people. Mm -hmm. Or how you saw people live out their faith all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, I know that this person handled this situation in their life a certain way. And I think that that's an important thing, which is why I really, I get sad when you see churches kind of get to a point of where they're, they're treating their older generations kind of like people who are just nursing home folks right just and i understand nursing homes exist within our culture for specific purposes and and a lot of people who are in those situations it's not because their kids just didn't want to take care of them but they really need the help but um i don't think as as a church we should ever disregard the importance of like learning from from people who have been at this a lot longer than us they have a lot more wisdom than than we do and so i think that's really cool you share share that story and i i just hope that it's something church culture continues to embrace is it's Mm -hmm. just super duper important and those are people who we need to be talking to who we need to be reaping wisdom from and who i think pastors should really be befriending in their churches because even though they can be the toughest critics at times, people who've been in a church for a long time, they can also be the greatest allies when you work together. So just yeah, a little but snippet I think, there. I think it's also like the church in the United States is so focused on grabbing millennials. Um, because I can understand like they've a lot of church leadership group teams see that as these are the people who will be at the church in the future the longest potentially but at the same time like gearing everything towards them you lose the older generation that the silent generation that will instead of stand up and fight they'll just go find someplace else and and the other thing too is like i and i'm not gonna this isn't a diss on contemporary christian music but it kind of is like when, like I I go to a church where we mix up a lot of hymns and a lot of um, contemporary music and like I grew up with a lot of hymns but they were all in Arabic and I didn't understand any of them and in high school middle school high school we went to a church that didn't do hymns will not do hymns and um, and then like going and talking with people at at uh, at church and and like the church I'm at now who are older and they grew up with these hymns and you start listening and you start reading the words and you're like, there's so, there's a lot of theological depth in just hymns and in uh, liturgies and in things that contemporary churches don't do because that's old fashioned. That's, that's not what millennials are looking for. And I, I feel like we're losing a lot of our, a lot of good spiritual stuff that could benefit the church has benefited the church for a long time because we're we're looking at one demographic only yeah yeah i think that that is is a huge danger zone 
when you begin to pull your history out of the church. And I'm talking about church-wide history as far as generations and generations go. Because there is so much thought and so much love and so much theology poured into the hymns. I love the hymns. I think they're great. I think I think that uh, a lot of them are just beautifully composed, beautifully written, and it should be something that is is known by Christians, that there's a rich history there, that there is a, a, a long history. And while music has evolved and changed, I understand. You want stuff that's catchy and sounds more modern, but at the same time, just like with people in our churches who have wisdom to pour into others for many, 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 many years, wisdom never gets outdated. Theological principles never get outdated. Truth doesn't get outdated. What was true in Jesus' time, is it, just because it was true then doesn't mean it's no longer true. And that's what our, in a way, we're battling in society, right? Where times have gone and things have progressed and things that might have been true at one point are no longer true because they don't matter anymore. And I don't think we should view people who've poured their heart and soul into a church in a ministry as it's like oh well you know they don't matter anymore because the truth is that sometimes if we're really honest with ourselves they matter the most because their years become numbered the amount of days in which we can get the wisdom from the previous generation becomes fewer and i think we really need to take the opportunity to to talk and discuss and continue to to let everyone know of all generations everyone's uh everyone's input into a ministry and an effort into a church matters doesn't matter how old you are or what generation you're from but we're all after the same great commission the same mm-hmm. mission and working together and i think that that's something that as as younger folks sometimes we forget about is that it's not just all about the millennial sorts, mm-hmm. not all about Generation Z or the current problems, but also making sure that we are learning from from those who have more wisdom than us. Because the reality is, the scripture we opened up from Second Timothy four at the beginning of this podcast was Paul close to the end of his life and ministry, and talk about talk about a hit to the faith, right? When Paul's life was finally over, man, that was a huge hit. I don't think there was anybody at that time who was a Christian who was saying like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait to move on from this Apostle Paul guy. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sick of him, you know, or I'm so sick of his way of thinking. And I think it's it's important to first value that. I think that's, that's one thing I want to hit is kind of like our first point here is to value people's legacies and stories and effort that they put into a church ministry so do you have anything else to say on that before we kind of move on into maybe another point that's a that's something that if if you are a younger person like cody and i something i encourage you to do is really go and talk to people who are in that older demographic because just the stories that they tell they're fascinating and this is real life like i i have an aunt and an uncle who are in their 70s and 
before my uncle got Alzheimer's. Like, you talk to him, and you're like, wait, that happened? <laughs> or you talk to my aunt, and she, she'll share stories, and, like, they're talking about the old country, and just, like, part of it was, like, stories about persecution. And you're just like, wow, like, and what got, what got you through that? It's just like, our faith. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal in the bigger scheme of things. And, like, right now we have a, we have very few people who have lived through the Depression. Um, we have a lot of a lot of less people who've World War II veterans, Korean War veterans, and those all all those people experienced a lot of stuff that none of us, especially younger, for the most part, can really imagine. And I mean, just the the takeaways that they they have and the insights they have about just faithfulness to God and reliance on on God and just looking towards God in the deep, in the like the hardest times in the past century like that's something that we can learn from and we do ourselves a disservice by not taking the time to actually interact yeah i fully agree with that cuz cuz we we too we have the opportunity to look back on historical events with the retrospective of how it's all turned out now and we can ask the questions like you've mentioned like what was it like to be a christian at that time when it really felt like the world was ending Mm -hmm. or or you know you think about uh, the amount of conflict we have in our time now and then if you go and talk to what is what i would consider to be a pretty controversial topic is that of the Vietnam War. Talk about people who were part of the controversy. What was it like to be a Christian in the midst mm-hmm. of all the controversy going on there or or what was going on in the civil rights movement, things like that? Uh, yeah, we definitely should be asking those questions because the truth is we'll probably have something in our life that parallels it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same exact thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right on there. And I, I one thing I, I want to talk about next is some traits and qualities that we've seen from people who we feel have left a great impact on a church or a great legacy on a church. And when I think of an individual like this, I think of a, this person as someone who, even when their life is over or or God has moved them somewhere else, there's still a name that still gets brought up in church stories because how much they loved their church, how much they loved God, how much they loved Jesus— that they're just an intrinsic part of the ministry mm-hmm. so that even though they may no longer be there or part of it there's still a very important and pivotal part of it at least for for quite a few years after until everyone is gone or or mm-hmm. all the people have changed and so what are some things you've noticed about these individuals who've left strong legacies whose names have been carried on uh just in in your time growing up in the church like you mean like generally it could be general it could be a specific example from a specific person well it, okay so when it came to this topic like one of the things that i was i did was like googled church legacy and like a lot of time like a lot of the google was united methodist church and their church legacy initiative um but then there was a lot about like how do you leave money as a legacy to the church and like stuff like that and and when i think about people who have lasting legacies in the churches that I've been a part of and in the churches around this area that we live in. And it's never attached to money or how much they did in the building. 
it was always attached to how much they impacted people's lives. Like they were there. They were in a, they were engaged. They were sharing and they were teaching and they they strive to really get people closer to God and so that when they left that those people would be at a better place than when they first met them. And I think that's like the the big like when I look at people who have left legacies like those are the big that's the big thing that almost every single one has done is like here's a person who who reached out grabbed on to younger people or people or their peers met with them took the time to spend with them and just worked with them to to get them to a better place than they were originally and to make them to make the to and I'm trying to put this in a, the best way possible um they made they worked with them and they discipled them discipled people so that those people would become more effective when it came to evangelizing and ministering themselves and that those people could go and do the same thing with other people. Yeah. And kind of like that, the whole aspect of like, I know Francis Chan kind of talks about it in multiply. Like you go, you disciple people so that they go and disciple more people. And then you kind of just have this multiplying effect. But at the, at the center of that, there's always that one person that took a step first mm-hmm. and started the chain. And those are the people that I feel that I know have left the biggest legacies, at least the churches that I've grown up and gone to. Yeah, I think one example I have found in people who I think leave great legacies, and, and we're not talking about legacy giving, as as Josh has mentioned here. We're talking about legitimate ministry impact, church impact. I think one thing I have noticed from people I've known personally and people I've heard of is the ability to make people that they are around know that they're cared about by the individual. I am a little biased in this, but I can definitely say that my bias has a ton of support and has a ton of evidence, but my stepfather, Jim, is an individual who is an incredible man and has lived a life that is is rich with lessons and evidence of God's work. Not always great, uh, but he has definitely been a guy who's, who's really done as much as he possibly can to live for the Lord. And something that I just find so amazing about him is that he was always able to manage his time in such a way that he just always seemed to be able to be there for the important things. Now, growing up, Jim, very important person in my life, uh, he treated me like his own son, and and I, I view him at, as, as my father. I grew up in the same house with him and my mother, and I view him as my father, and very thankful for him. But one thing, I, I always felt like Jim was around and he was available and, and he was there in our home. But it's amazing because I'm finding out even now 
in my late 20s of all these stories from individuals who went through tough times and the person who was there for them was Jim. It's amazing. It was like he always had the ability to be there for everybody, but he was still always available for us at home. It was this great balance that that he had, or maybe it wasn't even strategic and God just used him in that way, but the ability to let people know uh, who, who he is around, that he cares about him, like... I grew up, and we would have people hang out at my house, and whether it was afterwards or in conversations with friends or at school a couple days later, someone always had a story about an impact that Jim had on their life. And so I think in that example, just... Can I share a Jim story? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So talking about, like, he was always there for, like, the big events, but at the same time, he was always doing something, like, like so the night before your wedding (laughs) we're all in illinois in that hotel and i can't remember you and haas were like busy with like wedding stuff yeah we we were not done with the wedding it was crazy (laughs) but i just it's it's one of my favorite because i was one of those people that would just like we do bible study your house afterwards we'd all be hanging out and I'd end up talking to Jim or something like that. But it was just really funny because it was myself, two of your grooms, three of your groomsmen. Grant, okay, so four groomsmen in the room. And then my sister and then the person that came up with us. And we're all sitting in this one hotel room. And Jim is just sitting on the couch. And it's just all of us. And it was like Q&A time with Jim. And we could, like, it was just us. I, I think we talked for probably two, two and a half hours where we were just asking him, like, questions about life and, like, what to do in certain situations. or And it got into, like, farming and stuff at some point. But it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, even with your wedding the next day, like, Jim took the time to hang out with us and just impart a lot of wisdom that, like, I still listen, like, remember today and it's very much like and it was like it was just one of those cool things where it's like yeah even though he was there for your wedding like he still took the he take he took the time to just hang out with us and just be there and answer the questions that might come up and it was a laid-back conversation and i mean it it almost seemed like natural form (laughs) yeah and it just he was the master of it is the master of it and it's funny because i've heard your side of that story i've heard just about every side of that story from everybody and it's it's just great you know impact because whenever he's around people just has the power to allow them to know he cares mm-hmm. and he doesn't just hang out or talk to you because he doesn't care or he's trying to be nice mm-hmm. but he legitimately cares yeah. And that's something I find found to be a trait of people who leave good leg- legacies mm-hmm. and impacts. And if you ask around our church, uh, my stepfather Jim has left quite the impact yes. uh, on our church. And and, and he, he's also a person who's not afraid to take what's going on in his life and use it to exemplify Christ and right. to, to pour into other people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, another thing that, well, I have another thing I've thought of that I think is common to people who leave legacies. Do you have anything to to add before I I do my next one here? I mean, uh, and 
so this these people there's a couple that used to go to our church and they kind of came to mind while we were talking a little bit and just like the the wife spent so much time she she redid the entire nursery in our church and painted this gorgeous mural and stuff like that and, and a lot of people remember this couple because of that but i don't i remember them because they were a couple that yeah they could they could be a little upfront and a little in your face and very like they told it how it was uh, Cody's making f- laughing in the background because he's a little is n- maybe an understatement. Um, but oh my goodness, like, yeah, they were, they, they told it how it is, but they always did it in a way that you knew that they were trying to help you. And um, like the, the husband and like, I spent a lot of time with him and he was a guy that he was he was one of the guys that really got me to like really take my faith seriously because i mean i remember we had a conversation where he's like dude if you don't take this seriously like there are consequences to this and there are legitimate consequences to this and this is a big deal and if you talk to a lot of people that interacted with them like that was kind of the thing was he he called you out and that was a good thing because he was a guy who, yeah, might be a little rough around the edges, but when you knew he was coming at it from love, he was somebody that you, you could turn to. And yeah, everybody remembers him for being the bass player. And a lot of people remember her for painting the nursery. But the reality is, is that like they've had the move because of work, but we have another bass player. The nursery is no longer the nursery. Okay. And, and those things fade away. And the net, like the most of the people who go to the church now don't even know who he is. And like the the physical things when it comes to building or money or like what you did at the building, like those are all passing and those aren't what leave the real legacy. The real legacy, in my opinion, is just like his impact on my life, his impact on Cody's life, his yeah. impact on the lives of the boys that came to youth group for the years that he was leading it. The, lives of the men who came to men's ministry the lives of the women who went to women's ministry with his wife and just like like that's what legacy looks like it's not the money it's not the the sweat yeah those are important things yeah those are things that benefit a church community but it's the impact on individuals lives yeah yeah and definitely i think something that you mentioned too that boldness is a character quality that is really important because even though boldness at times could be seen as oh man this person feels like they're really always in my face with everything but i think a good balance of it matters and and people who are bold for christ and bold for the right reasons are the type of people who you remember for like man this person really helped me from getting out of line and a lot of times those people are helpful because they know what it's like to get out of line because they're mm-hmm. typically coming from mistakes. And and I think that's something that both Josh and I were able to glean um, from from this gentleman because he had made mistakes. And, he, and as a youth leader, he didn't want any of us to make the same mistakes mm-hmm. um, where, you know, and because this really matters, you know, following Christ, it matters so much. 
And another thing I would say that I notice is is very true of uh, of individuals who leave strong legacies is that they they make individuals know that they matter. And I know that sounds similar to what I said before, but I would say this. It's important to do simple things like remember somebody's name. Remember a conversation that you had with them and what you talked about and how it ended. And if you could even go as far as to remember to give them encouragement or joy on a special day, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary or whatever it may be, that leaves a huge impact. I came from a church where when I was serving out in New Jersey, the pastor who was there before the senior pastor who was serving when I was there left a huge legacy. And this guy was known not just in Red Bank, the First Baptist Church of Red Bank, but he was known like around the Jersey Shore area. Somehow this man, his name is Jim King, he has since passed away. Also one of the largest funerals I have ever witnessed in my life. He had this ability, he and his wife Rosalie had this ability to just care about people and remember things about people. I remember I had only met him one time, and the next time I had met him, and we had I have met him many times in my life, but after the first time I met him, he remembered nearly everything we talked about. And he sent me a card on my birthday. And my birthday was just was just yesterday. His his wife actually made sure to tell me happy birthday yesterday. And it was it's incredible. And everyone who I knew who knew Jim King has a story like that. It, and it matters to people. And I think something that we we do is make our lives so busy and so crazy that we forget to remember that there's other people who live in this world. And there's so many people who live in this world who feel like nobody cares about them. Mm-hmm. Even people in our churches. Even people who go to small groups. Because it's really easy to be a part of a lot of groups but still walk away feeling it's all superficial. Mm-hmm. But when there's that one or that two or the, or the or those few who really grasp like these people matter to me. God has put these people in my life, and so I am going to make sure this individual knows that I care for them like God cares for them. It goes a long way, and people do not forget that stuff. It leaves a legacy. It leaves an impact. And I'll tell you what, when when Jim King passed away, he had probably the largest funeral I've ever seen in my life. I don't know a head count, but there was nowhere to sit. That's all I know, and it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it's incre- it, it's it's crazy how you. I I think we should uh, kind of transitioning like leaving a legacy. Like you don't know the impact that you might have by just saying hi to somebody, and you don't know what the type of legacy that might end up being. Um and. And the reality is, is that as Christians, we're supposed to be just like Paul is with Timothy in the passage that we talked about. I mean, if you go a couple verses before that, he's telling, he charges Timothy to, 
Um, I'm going to read it right now because I just, he says, he says, proclaim the message, persist in, um, in it, whether convenient or not, rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. Um, and he talks about how there will be a time where people will not tolerate doctrine. They will not tolerate the truth. Um, and, and he tells Timothy, he's just like, for you, be serious in everything, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And then he goes into the whole, I've already ran my race. I've done my time. I've fought the fight. And, and we're supposed to be looking at the people that came, who are, who are further down the line when it comes to the, where they are in life and where they are in their walk. We should be looking at them and looking at their examples that they're setting and and using those to influence how we live our lives so that we can leave a legacy for the generation that's coming after us so that when they look at us, they can say, that's a guy that is striving after Christ. That's a guy who's fighting the good fight. That's a guy who who's who's doing whatever he can to make an impact while he's here on this earth. And that's a person that actually cares about me. And I want to be able to do that for the people who are coming after me. And when we talk about just leaving legacies, I think that's that's that comes to the core of it. Where it's what as we look at the people who are leaving legacies for us, how can we look at their examples? And the lessons that they've learned and that they've shared with us. And how can we pass that on to the people who are coming? How can we learn from it? But then how can we pass that on to the people who are coming after us? Yeah. And I think I think a big thing that I know I've wrestled with and people of our age wrestle with is I think there's something about your 20s and even into your 30s. There is a sense of restlessness, a sense of... You're searching for your purpose, you're searching for what you want, but it always feels like you're not quite finding it. And so there is this temptation to go through a roulette of life, always changing it, never stationing yourself in anything, and constantly trying new things and different things in order to find that one thing that is going to fulfill you. And I'll be the first one to admit, I've been there. I've been there, and I still struggle with it. But everything that I've learned from people who have strong legacies and impact they've stuck it out during the restlessness they've stuck it out during the ups and the downs and they've really said god matters more than anything and so i'm gonna make god first i'm gonna let god help me to figure out the mess that's going on in my life and that's something i think too that uh, you know that's a that's an instant application for anybody who's listening to this that if you're struggling with the restlessness first of all no it happens to a lot of us and second of all no anyone i've talked to and and talked about with this stuff it's happened it happens to everyone and if you're really going to have a rich fulfilling experience as a church member as someone who's doing ministry, it means to stick it out in the midst mm-hmm. of restlessness and know that the true answer is found in Jesus Christ. And he's working in you and through you. 
and sometimes gives us challenges. So that's kind of my final thought. I have so much to be thankful for when it comes to people who've left great legacies and impacts. And it's from family members to Sunday school teachers to pastors to just individuals who I think just have done a great job of pouring into churches. There's a lot of names that I will remember. And what I would challenge people to do is to ask yourself, are you currently striving to be first number one that you can be for Jesus Christ? And number two, are you striving to be the a person who's trying to leave a legacy or are you striving to be someone who's just trying to get something out of your current mm-hmm. church or your current ministry or your current church membership so that's kind of my closing thought there closing challenge uh josh do you have anything to say before we wrap up it's interesting like so with the children's ministry that i help out in so we're going through the story of joseph and, and this entire conversation kind of reminds me of that, where here you have a young man who lives his entire life focused on God, trying to please God, and acknowledging God and in the bad and the good. And, and he, he, like, you, you read the story of Joseph and you see how God used him. And God used him not only to eventually save the nation of Egypt, but also save his family through the, fam- the, the famine that occurred, but also to, fulf- to be a covenant fulfiller. Because through Joseph, he fulfilled the promise that he made to Abraham, and, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of just ensuring that the nation of Israel survives. But then here's a guy who, I mean, when he, when he talks to his brothers, he's very much like, this is what God had put me here to do. And just the legacy of that where generations later, even thousands of years later, we're looking back on him and saying, like, here's a guy who is focused on God, trying to please God in what he did and and acknowledge God in what he did. And here and and here's what I can learn about how to live my life through his his life. And yeah, we do that a lot with Bible care Bible stories. And, and the history that's in the Bible, like with Joseph. But there are people in our congregations right now who have gone through hardships, who have gone through things that that we can relate to, whether it be a illness in their family, whether it be looking like be, not being secure in what they want to do for a living, whether it be like not being sure, like like marriage and relationships and stuff like that, who are older. And they focused on God, they acknowledged God, and they tried to please God in everything that they did. And we can, we are missing out on learning from them mm-hmm. um, and, and talking to them and talking through how God worked through their situations and what are some things that we might be able to take away and learn to apply in our lives. And, um, and we, we live... Every church, every church has a wealth of knowledge and of wisdom and of truth and experience. And I'm guilty of it where being a younger guy, I kind of blew off the older generation. But not, 
but like even in college I started even like gravitating towards them because I had questions I had no idea what I was doing and here here are guys who have been where I was where like even being around my peers is kind of like well we're all in the same boat nobody knows what they're doing and a lot of them didn't want to go to the older generation and and when we talk about legacies it's like if you're an older person and you're listening to this um pour into someone younger than yours lives and if you're someone who's coding your eyes age or younger go find somebody start talking to people who are older than you because you will be amazed of the insights and the wisdom and the truths that god has revealed to those people through their lives amen thank you for that I just want to thank everyone for listening. This was episode nine of Raking Coals. Uh, Thank you so much for bearing with us as we took a week off. And in this week, we had to get back into the flow of it as well. So I had to get back uh, used to talking on this microphone and and recording podcasts again. So thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, For more episodes, please check out e43collective.com. That is e43collective.com. We have more episodes. We have another podcast called the After Sunday Discussion, which is a podcast that talks about the various different things that Josh and I like outside of church. And so I encourage any and everyone to check that out and have a, have a good time listening to that. Hope you all have a great week and a blessed day. Thank you for listening. <laughs>